Blog Talk Radio. This is all about wine, a talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, solar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some sneak people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash all about Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about And now, all about wine is on. Yes. Here we are. Woo-hoo. Here's one. Hey. Hey. All right. Thank you, Busby. We're having beautiful weather here in Florida, and Busby people are just just really enjoying this. Uh, got up to eighty-one, eighty-two today, and clear skies and slight breeze, and all around the country they're freezing and. It's cold and the road dries and so yes, so I know. I am bragging a little bit. So yeah. uh, come join us. I mean, you know, yes, temporarily. Come join okay. us temporarily. Um, go back home. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of people do. We get a lot of snowbirds here, but uh, we uh, have a guest tonight, Mike and Felicia. Uh, uh, I met them playing golf. I'll give you the little background. They haven't contacted us yet, but. Uh, I, I've mentioned before that I work as a ranger on a golf course, which is a person that just jumps in the car and rides around and be sure everybody is being good. And I also have other duties like picking up the garbage. And, you know, and I, sometimes I close the place on Saturday nights. I close the place and I, uh, uh, you know, go and lock up the gates and bathrooms and stuff. But as a ranger, uh, I get to meet a lot of people out there and I also play golf and one day I was out there playing golf and we got matched up with a couple of people uh, Mike and Felicia and as we were talking I told them about the radio show all about wine and they mentioned that they have done some extensive traveling over to Europe and Germany and uh, Italy and France and uh, uh, Felicia's done some traveling to Portugal and uh, wine countries there and all that. And so I mentioned two weeks ago, if you guys are listening, contact me. We'll get you on the show. Well, they didn't contact me there. They contacted me at the golf course. I was working a week ago and they came in. They had their son with them and uh, said that, I asked them if they'd like to be on the show, and they said, it sounds like fun. And it is going to be fun. And they're also sitting there waiting to join us. I hope that's them anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know their numbers, so I guess, I guess that's in. So well, why don't we just bring them on the show, and we'll start visiting with them. Hello, Mike and Felicia. Welcome to All About Wine. Right. Now, Hi, Ron. Can you hear us? 
No, oh, I can oh, hear you, you fine. Yeah, yeah, you're coming through. Gotcha. Coming through great. Um, the other person, I got another Mike in the background here, who is my tech and co-host, and so uh, if you hear him jumping there, hear another strange noise in the laughter or something, that's probably him. So. <laughs> See. <Okay. laughs> So, uh, well, welcome to All About Wine. I was just uh, sharing there how we happened to meet and and got you guys on the show. Uh, you are originally from where? We're from Marquette, Michigan, Ron. Marquette, Michigan. The Upper okay. Peninsula. Uh, oh, oh, burr. You know, you just say that and I get cold. I just, <laughs> it, it doesn't take any more than just say that area and, and it just makes you cold. Um, but you have traveled extensively uh, to wine regions around the world, and that's the reason I asked you to join us on the show tonight. So uh, I'm going to let you guys talk for a while and tell us about some of your trips, some of the wines that you've done, how how they presented, what it's all about, and everything. I'm just going to let you do some talking here. Sure. Well, I can kind of tell you how we got started. Uh, I took a class at our local university called the International Study of Wine, and it was a a fantastic semester-long class, and um, we, we, we learned so much, but every student had to pick a country and then do a presentation. And a wine tasting. So, yeah, it was really cool. And um, I happened to pick Portugal. I didn't know really anything about Portugal, but, um, boy, I I sure learned a lot. And (laughs) Mike and I just fell in love with Portugal. So, anyway, I I, I learned about all of the wine that they produce there. And one in particular was port wine. And I had never tried port wine, didn't know a lot about it. And um, so, I mean, I learned that port wine from Portugal is made from grapes that are grown in the Dural Valley. And um, then port has an alcohol added to it. They, They call it brandy, but it stops the fermentation process. So you end up with this really great tasting sweeter wine in some cases and probably in most cases but um and there's there's a whole bunch of different varieties of pork but um so in learning about portugal mike and i said well let's go visit and and let's go to the duro valley all right and and so yeah we did and i mean it, it was it's it's a fantastic area and we we flew from um, Sault Ste. Canada and then Toronto, and there was a direct flight from Toronto to Lisbon. So we spent mm. some time in Lisbon, and then we knew, I mean, we had it all planned ahead of time, but we, we took the train then to Porto, which is where they basically, Porto stores port wine in these oh. casks. They're, they're like mm. all over the city. Really, really cool. And then from there, you can take 
the train to the Dural Valley. And I, we had two nights in the Dural Valley. And it was just, I mean, you sit out on your little deck and have some wine and cheese and you're overlooking these terraced vineyards. You know, it was just beautiful. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> we we just fell in love with Portugal because there's great wine, there's wool, there's cork, there's olive oil, there's so so much history there. It's it's a great place to visit. It is fantastic. Yeah. Just uh, a little extra to that. We have talked about port on the program and about all the different types of port and everything. So if someone, uh, Felicia just said, if you want to check back on archives, uh, we've had shows that have been dedicated to port, and you can get more information about port. Also, there is uh, a movie that's out. And, Mike, I'm going to have you, not my Mike, not you, Mike. Uh, Mike, I'm going to have you check out the movie and let us know what that is. I forgot. Um, when was we, it the documentary? Yeah, the documentary. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd I like to know about that. Yeah, it was it was a great documentary, and it was done right there in the rural region of Portugal, and it was about people, and it showed uh, showed them harvesting and, and different things. It was fantastic, really, really mm-hmm. interesting uh, documentary and uh, uh, that's when we uh, had the, uh, the director, the director, or yeah, somebody on the show. Yeah, the director was on that the show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll look it up. I'll find oh, it. yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, um, but um, one of the things he said, uh, he was on the show, and one of the things he said, which you you probably weren't told this where you're there, but they have found an enormously large deposit of lithium in the ground in the hills where their vineyards are planted and with all the electronics and everything around the world and the supply of lithium that will be needed they are a little concerned about the future of the Doral Valley region because of the amount of lithium that was discovered there so wow uh, that's interesting it it, it could be something in in the future that could be an issue uh, a major issue for that area to to um, handle and to look at and all that. I mean, you know, obviously lithium is going to be needed to make the batteries that we're doing. Is it going to be worth selling vineyards that have been established and to get the instant riches of lithium? I, I don't know. It just, uh, but it was an interesting right. point that he brought up. So, wow. Uh, well, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Because I am a big port fan, I I really enjoy really enjoy a good port. In fact, when I had the winery out on State Road 52, I used to make a strawberry port, which was really? a, oh. yeah a very big seller. Awesome. I'm uh, very Ron. Fine. How did you age that? Uh, very little. That? Very little. Oh, okay. I I use plant city strawberries and and uh, fermented and and fortified and uh, I wasn't an aged port. It was a pretty quick release port actually, uh, but uh, fortifying it also with uh, brandy and 
bringing the alcohol up, but it was sweet and had this underlying strawberry. And, and I would have loved to share a bottle with you, but uh, alas, there is none in existence unless some people out there have <laughs> some stuck away somewhere. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Yeah, it, it was very good, very popular. So Mike was a big okay. fan of it. Oh, huge. Um, Carlos Carniero, Carlos Carniero was on the show October 7th, uh, 2021, and he is the director of a Wonderful Kingdom documentary. Uh, uh, that was yeah. the show. He was born and raised in Porto, Portugal, um, to London, studied film, and uh, yeah, got married in, I think, guess in New York, and uh, his mother's from Douro Valley, Douro Valley, and uh was talking about port the whole show, so uh, and he did the the movie. So uh, yeah, yeah cool. that's what it's called. A wonderful kingdom. To get the a wonderful kingdom. Yeah, so. you can get you can uh, find that online too. Uh, I I don't know. I I can't remember. I it was like you know four ninety nine or something if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's a, it's a great show. If you've been there, it I highly recommend you you check it out because it's. Uh, really interesting. They interview uh, this old guy on the show about uh, the region and stuff like that, and they go around and talk about it. It's very, very interesting. So, oh, a well, wonderful kingdom. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we will watch it for sure. Yeah, if it's it's worth worth the uh, time to spend, and especially since you've been there, you you see it. So, I uh, you all interjected on there on that. Uh, uh, not my mic. Uh, your mic. Uh, <laughs> uh, you were going to add something uh, to Felicia's story there, I thought. Well, I was just going to add that, you know, it was just so amazing, the town of Porto. I mean, how much warehousing they had to store this port wine. You know, when you looked across the river, all you would see would be warehousing for really? all the port. It was just, it was beautiful. And, you know, and beside, we enjoyed it so much, we ended up going back three different trips. Oh, wow. And beside the, the pork and the wine and the food, the museums, the churches, uh, the, the, we went to a, a coach museum, which was just beyond anything I ever thought I'd see. But, and the people were so nice, uh, it, it was just uh, we want to go back. And we yet can't again, wait to go back. was uh, yeah. most people most people speak English? Uh, yes, they did. Yes. Oh, well, that's good. So we not, went into a few restaurants where they didn't speak English, but we really had not an issue to get our order in and everything. So. Yeah, everybody was so nice. It was just unbelievable, and the price yeah. of wine was just oh, incredible. Yeah. What you could, what you could buy? Could you yeah. now, if you want to bring wine back, say you want to bring port back? What was the rules and regulations on that? Because we we're going through Canada, we we're only allowed so many um, liters to bring back. Uh. But other than that. Yeah. I think we could each bring like two bottles. Two bottles, yes. And that was it. Wow. Could that you was it. could you have yeah. it shipped to you? I mean it was there or was it just cost prohibitive? 
that? I didn't investigate that at the time. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, we okay. bought an older bottle of port, and that was, uh, we saved it for many years. And then finally, we had it at a special occasion. Yeah, that was a 1972 port. Yes. That was a good year, 72. That was one of the better <laughs> years in Portugal. Yeah. Portugal, that, that's when you look up port, 72 is one of the better years coming out of Portugal. Um, the, the, I'm, the warehouses now, that, that fascinates me because you when you start talking about Portugal and wines and stuff like that, they go into the grapes and the process. But the warehouses aren't mentioned. And obviously you have to have them aged somewhere because there's obviously aged port. Uh, are these warehouses just general warehouses for all the port district or are they for each uh, uh, vineyard or each manufacturer? Or how how, how each, does that each, work? Each, um, each manufacturer has uh-huh. their own warehousing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would make more sense, actually, if you, instead of trying to do it together. Oh, well, that's cool. Um and so Portugal obviously is is one of your favorites, but you have been to other wine areas over there in Europe. Well, yes, I was able to travel with our daughter and son-in-law. Mike couldn't go. I don't. I forget. You hurt your leg or something. But so we went to France, and um, of course we we only had a week. Our son-in-law is, is a teacher, so um, mm. we just had a week during spring break, and we so we went to Paris and we visited everything there, and then we went to Epernay, which is the champagne capital of the world, oh. and that was a nice experience. <laughs> it was yeah. it was fun walking down the the main street in Epernay, and it was nothing but champagne house after champagne house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um we we booked a tour in one at one of the um producers and we went down underground and that's where they stored the champagne and it was really interesting they call it a cave and it it yeah. was like a cave and um and then you know after the tour you get to do a sampling and all of that but um yeah that was a really neat place Got to see a statue of Dom Perignon, uh, yes. you know, who was yeah. the, the father of I mean, Champagne. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really huh. cool. And and then most recently, and we did not get to Germany. You mentioned Germany, but that's on our bucket list because I know there's oh. a lot of great wine in Germany. Oh, that's but, um, on my bucket list, too. Yeah. My daughter and I just went to Italy in October. And oh. we were, yeah, we were in the um, in Tuscany, and mm. we we did two wine tours while we were there on on two different days, and so we we learned about Brunello, and we were able to go to three different vineyards that produce Brunello, and then the other one was Mont- Montepulciano, mm-hmm. that was the grape that is grown there. So we got, I mean, there's so much to know and, you know, it's just endless. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. I know. No question about that. Um, 
so the, uh, between the two grapes, the uh, Brunello and the Monticello, which one is your favorite? You know, we really like the Montefusiano. Um That, I mean, the the Brunello. They said that grape has only been around for like eighty years, and it's, yeah, it's you know it's, it's for so history, specialized. It's yeah. yeah, but it's really specialized and controlled, so it's very expensive. But, and honestly, um, neither my daughter nor I liked it as well as the other one. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. So, you know, everybody has their own preference, I guess. But what's your what's your favorite? Yeah, you know, that's I'm asked that quite often, and what I usually, if I'm going to be stuck on a island and I can only have one wine, and that's it, it I, it would either be a Barbera or a, well, wow, well, you know, and it's always hard, but Barbera would be running up there and a Cabernet Franc. Yeah, you know, that those are, are two wonderful red wines and I, I like them both, but, uh, uh, yeah, those are both. Yeah. I, those are, yeah, those are good ones. I, I and you know, and it's so hard. It's so hard to choose, you know, one grape out of the hundreds and hundreds of possibilities out there, and all that. But uh, you know, uh, Carmenere—that's another one out of Chile that I absolutely love. Um, there are some great. Uh, well, Cabernet Sauvignon is always the go-to grape for so many people, and I always love a good Cabernet and uh, a uh, Sauvignon Blanc uh, for a white wine. And you know, some German uh, Rieslings are just wonderful. And uh, you know, so to say, what is my favorite grape? It would really, really be difficult to. to try to pin it down to one if if i had to uh, i don't know i would probably say cabernet franc with barbera mm-hmm. giving it a good run for its money i really like a cabernet franc and uh i've had some great ones out of california a few years ago you don't it's not made as a variety as much as some of the others but it's really a wonderful grape so uh, uh, I was going to yeah. ask you about the, the champagne houses, though. Is that made just for tourists? I can't see locals going there and frequenting all that enough to keep them in business. So is that a, no, just... I mean, it's not really for tourists. I mean, it is their production really? and storage area. Yeah. And they just happen to do, you know, tours because... Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It wasn't even. I don't think it was very expensive to do the tour and the tasting. But, um, yeah, it was it was great. And there are so many champagne houses there, big you know, big ones and small ones. And no, it's it's the area where it's all produced. And that's the only place it's produced, correct? 
Yeah, right, technically right. that's the only place you can do it. Champagne. Now the rest of the place yeah, has right. to be sparkling wine or any of the other names that they call them in, around the world. But yeah, you know, for for champagne, that is the only place you can do it. But it seems to me, wow, I, you know, you mentioned you know champagne house. That's a champagne house. Are they? It's not particularly storefronts though. It's it's just production. Yes, I mean, most of them have um, like a little, maybe a visitor's area or a wine shop. I don't, I, I mean, we went into a few of them and it seemed, seemed like you could do a tasting in many of them. I should have had my daughter join our call because she, <laughs> she would have more, you know, a better memory and take on everything there, but um yeah, I don't know. It was just really interesting, and yeah, well, I can imagine. It, I, there weren't very many other tourists there. Well, hey, you that know, just it, hmm. it, it yeah. just seems like the Champagne region of France. It seems like it would just be swamped with tourists, especially in October, which would be a good time of year to go there. I mean, it, it's. Well, it, this was actually in like March. It was oh, March. our son-in-law's spring break. Yes. Okay. Well, still, that's that seems like it'd be a good time of year to go there too, because it's not you know really bad weather and anything, and it'd be, it'd be a pretty decent season. So, but it, it surprised was. me it was that. Great. Yeah, it uh, surprised me that you. I don't know. I just I I would picture it as something different than. Uh, just the houses. I, you know, I would picture it as a tourist area um, more than anything. But yeah, I've never been there, so yeah. I can't. I can't compare yeah. compare it to something in Napa and and uh, Sonoma and stuff like that, or even Finger Lakes areas and stuff where you've got the the tourist aspect of it more so than anything of course that's where they make it and all that but it seems like you know when you say streets of uh champagne you you would almost picture just storefronts where they're selling their ware and all that and and more than anything else at least that's how i picture it anyway so yeah and my daughter just texted my daughter just texted and she said yeah it wasn't touristy at all i mean it it's like you're seeing, you know, their their production area. Oh, oh. that's surprising yeah, that they'd all be right there like that. And that that <sighs> was in the town Epernay, and and there are other towns like Reims, R E I M S. That was another area. Now that seemed we we actually took the train to Reims at the end of our our day and um so we had a little bit of time there that seemed more touristy that was more like a you know there were lots it was a bigger city for one thing up is a small town mm. and um i'm just looking at um <clears throat> how many champagne houses are in Epernay. there are more than 300 champagne oh. houses oh my gosh so yeah, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh and you hear, well, they obviously must just make enough champagne to satisfy 
the cells there in France and maybe well maybe in Europe but you know we don't get that many shipped over to the states or even to Canada from from there I mean there's not 300 French champagnes on the shelf any of these places so right I know um we get I mean some of the big ones though I mean we do I mean we're able to buy that great champagne from Epernay, I mean, even in our little town in, you know, Marquette, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, uh, how far outside of uh, uh, Paris are these places? Um, well, let's see. We, I know we took the train. I think it was probably a couple hours ride from Paris. Wow, so it's, it's um, a little ways out there, yeah. Yeah. Because those trains aren't like 40, 50 miles an hour. They're not like subways. They're like trains. So then, is your daughter texting you again? Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say, I just looked. It's... um. It's a uh, hundred and forty-two kilometers from Paris. Oh, so it's, so, it's uh, and the kilometers less than a mile. Yeah, it was a couple-hour train ride anyway. Yeah, and we Did, just rented uh, a little VRBO while we were there. A VRBO, which whenever we travel over to Europe, that's what we do is a VRBO because then you're almost like you're a local and it it really adds to the experience. Oh, well, that's a, a good way to do it. Do you have to book in advance or uh, yeah. can, can you do it once you're there? Yeah. No, uh-uh. no, you have to really do it ahead of time. It's kind of a hobby of mine and uh-huh. so I, I have a all set up and and we know what we're going to do every day and you know where we're going to stay and and um she spends months at this run getting everything in order <laughs> and and we've never had a bad we've never had a bad trip so when you're ready to go let me know I'll, I'll help plan your trip <laughs> there you go i will definitely keep you in mind now that's uh that's the way to do it <laughs> Yeah. So so we got Portugal and we got uh France. You said you've been to Italy? Yes. Well that that was where my daughter and I went in October and where we tried the Brunello and the Oh Montepulciano, yeah. And Sarah yeah, okay. and our daughter years ago also. <clears throat> where uh so you were you were in uh let's see, that would be northern Italy? Yes. It's it's north western Italy. And yeah. um it's you know, Italy is kind of mind boggling because there are twenty one I think it was twenty or twenty one different like regions and each one of them has their own characteristic food and wine and I mean it's Italy is a really cool place too. When when Mike and Sarah and I went Years ago, we we just went to Rome and Venice. I mean, we we never get you know very long at one time because we were working. We hadn't retired then, but um, uh-huh. so we 
you know, we had a limited amount of time, so we just went to Rome and Venice before, but, and then this time, Sarah and I had a little bit more time when we went, we went to Tuscany, but yeah, there's, there's so much to see and do. Oh, it's, it's just absolutely amazing, uh, what they have over there and what, what's available. There was another, uh, another movie you might be interested in that we talked to the, uh, the, the director. Uh, this was about where grapes started. This was. Oh, I can't think of the name of that one either, Mike. If you can, if you can remember, but it was uh, talking about the, the uh, Lebanon, Lebanon. Yeah, wine and uh, war. Yeah, wine and war. Yeah, wine and war. Yeah, and. They talked. Uh, the, the movie was about the uh, growing grapes in uh, Lebanon and, and that area over there, where uh, they started to grow grapes eons ago. And they have, you know, there's always been a conflict. It seems like they're saying in that area, and uh, it just it was an interesting, uh, interesting documentary on that. And they. Had some nice interviews and all that with people there also. So uh, something else. Um, I think all these are on the All About Wine Facebook page, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Okay. So uh, you can check check out that. I mean, I'm not I'm not just telling you. I'm telling anybody out there listening if they happen to not catch those earlier on All About Wine. Everything's everything's available there. So the. Uh, uh, Mike, I didn't hear from you. What's your favorite wines on these trips? My favorite wine from these trips? Yes. I guess I'm going to say uh, the wines that we've had in Maduro Valley, I think. Oh, yeah? Were my favorites, yes. You like, like those ports? Yeah, I love those. Well, we love the Tonti and the Ruby ports, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've... Uh, We've tried to purchase many of them different kinds to try different kinds. And, you know, when you start doing this, then you get a little collection at home. (laughs) Very quickly. (laughs) Oh, very. Yes. So every once in a while, we will open something that's uh, 2006 or or 2004. And that's uh, fun. That's fun. Yes. Well, port well, is always. Know, Ron... Go on. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say port's always fun. Ports is, is there's there's so many different aspects of ports that people don't get into because it tends to be sweeter and uh, but yes. they aren't all sweet. There are some drier ones out there, and people just don't explore them enough. They they think that they're just too strong and. and they stay away from them, but like you discovered, like you're saying, there's some great ones out there. And and we've introduced them to many of our friends, which and they've never tried them, you know. Mm-hmm. They and they just and once they try them, they, they like them. Yeah, well, that's you know, people just stay away from them. I don't know it, it, why, because port doesn't have a bad reputation. It's just the fact that people just think ooh port and they yeah. just don't try them I don't understand that myself exactly yes you know, Felicia you going to say something 
Yes. Well, I was going to say that um, many years ago, we used to belong to a wine club. Um, it Claude was Dubois. yeah, it was Claude Dubois from California. We we went out there. This was a long time ago, and um, and we went to their their um, vineyards. Yeah, vineyard, and and we tasted their wine, and it was really good. And it was free to join their wine club, and it was a really good deal. You you could get like three different three bottles of wine four times a year, and. Mm-hmm. It was really not expensive at all, and it was a wonderful way to learn about, you know, what they had to offer. And they had recipes that are food pairing, um, you know, information, yeah, that they would send along with with the um, wine shipment, and and that was really great. But I don't know. It seems like well, they I know got bought out by a big conglomerate that I think bought out probably a lot of vineyards in California. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, there are a lot of big, you can look, and I've seen charts and all um, that shows a parent company, which is, well, Gallo is one of them. And yeah. uh, you you put me, I, I can't think of, uh, well, I can, see the name but I, I can't say but there's like five major companies out there uh that own wineries from around the world um and they it it saves some of the small ones from going under from being right. having to shut down completely that's one good thing about it. But one bad thing about it is it just all joins under the big corporate head. And, I, I, yeah, I have yeah, mixed thoughts on it. I, I like it seems this. Like, yeah, it, it, you know, started more election rather than, you know, the little mom and pop places that we saw when we were out there 40 years exactly. ago. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's one of the things I don't like about it because it does tend to lose that mom and pop atmosphere that uh, little small production and the little things that they can do it. Um, Fossil Ropels, I don't know if you've been into that region or not, is down uh, south of Monterey. And it's it's a great wine producing region now. And there are lots and lots of little, small mom-and-pop operations, which uh, it, it, you go into the hills just west of Paso Robles, and uh, you can find somebody that has five acres there that's putting out a great Cabernet Franc, or someone that has uh, six acres that's producing nothing but Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's just fantastic, or... Here's another one that has uh, Chardonnay that is just out of this world. And that's all they do. But then the big conglomerates come in and say, I'll give you more money than you ever think you're going to get for this. And they'll go, okay. And that's it. Yeah. There, there's no questions, no anything about it. And they, the big conglomerates don't continue to make these wines the way that they were made by these individuals. They basically buy the vineyard and use the grapes from the vineyard to uh, put it into the other stuff that they're doing. And 
again, I have mixed feelings. I like these little small places. When I lived in California, I used to go to to Napa uh, and Sonoma, down to Paso Robles and Livermore, and visit small wineries and got to know the winemakers and got to know the people personally and all that. And now a lot of those have been sucked up into the big corporations and stuff, and you don't have that uh, intimacy, if you will, that you used to have. So, I, again, mixed, mixed emotions about it. I like the little small ones I for selling out, though, because they're usually given more money than they think they're going to make, and it's becoming tougher and tougher to make ends meet with insurance and cost and all the stuff that's involved, and so... But, you know, I, uh, again, yeah. can't blame them, but I'm going to miss a lot of them. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. And I, I don't know if it's, you know, if it's the, the um, you know, the, the control that the European countries have over their wine. I mean, they don't seem to have that kind of problem where they're getting, I mean, maybe that's why they don't, because they've they've got, you know the the whole wine industry is is controlled by I, I mean it's not their government but yeah it is the government the government has a lot yeah, of control is. over okay. it. yeah what okay. the, what they can do what what the vineyards can do what the, you know there there is a lot of government regulations that they have to follow and uh, it, it's I think it's good to a point because you know what you're going to get. I, you, I mean, like for example, the uh, new rules that just went in by the uh, uh, Italian government of how long a Chianti Classico can age and how it should be aged and the grapes are going to it and all that. And it, you talk to the wineries there that are making it, and they're saying this is great, this is wonderful because. The ones that are doing it have been doing it, and with the regulations, it stops a lot of these little small ones that are on the fringe of the county classico from copying them because they don't meet the criteria. So it's yeah. it, it's a good thing uh, to a point, I think. But you know, trying to put the United States or Canada on that same type of of regulation, I think it'll be too much of a rebelling. And and then there's a lot of wineries over in France and Italy that are owned by these big conglomerates. I I, I can't think. Of, what is the one I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of? I it's driving me nuts now. I'm trying to. There, there's Gallo that owns it. Uh, Constellation. There's another one. Constellation yeah. brand. They own uh, a whole lot of wineries and a lot of them overseas too. You know, in France, Italy. Uh, that area, uh, Spain, hmm. and uh, I see Constellation Gallo, and oh, geez, I'll think of it later tonight. So, uh, you know, but but there's a lot of these big ones though are starting to spread their fingers overseas, and uh, yeah, I hate to see it happen, but I can't blame them for doing that. You know, it's. Right. <laughs> Another money. another arm of a business, yeah. Yeah, it's just money. I mean, you know, it's uh, 
some of these small wineries, especially around the Napa and Fringes and Sonoma and Mendocino and all that stuff, uh, the fires uh, are just tearing them up up there. And if it doesn't give them, then the fire insurance is just getting out of hand. And the same thing is happening in different wineries in France right now in, in weather-related disasters. Uh, late frost is killing a lot of uh, grapevines and uh, destroying yearly crops. Uh, hailstorms, the last three years they've had devastating hailstorms uh, over in Europe and different areas. And uh, things like this, little small wineries can't survive it. Uh, it's, you know, when you, it, it's like those subsistence farmers who go from crop to crop, and if something happens to one of their crops, they it's almost impossible to dig out of it. And the same thing happens with these small wineries, uh, small vineyards. Something happens to a crop, and it's almost impossible for them to get themselves out of that situation. So, but, yeah, yeah, I'll get off my soapbox here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's but, interesting. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it's... Uh, uh, the weather is really making a difference, you know, and, and I've, I've talked about on the program here, I've talked about uh, the, the climate change and how weather is affecting the vineyards and the grapes and all that. And I think it's uh, a lot of these small wineries in different areas have to help each other and have to turn to, you know, government um, well, not government particularly, but uh, schools and stuff like that that are working with this and working with them because they're not going to survive this if they don't. So, so that's yeah um, one of the problems they're facing. You know. So now, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Europe. Uh, it sounds like your European travelers. Have you uh, done any? vineyards here and wineries here in the States? Well, actually, um, what, six months ago, well, it was late summer, we went to um, some of the Michigan wineries. In there you go. The, right. Yeah, right. Traverse City area. Traverse City area, yeah. Mm -hmm. Michigan mm -hmm. does stay. Peninsula, it's called. Mm -hmm. The Upper Peninsula, yeah. Yeah. The University of... University of Michigan uh, and and University of Minnesota, both of them are doing a lot of research on cold weather grapes, uh, and, and along with Cornell University over in New York. But they, those are some of the big ones, and they got them planted all over in that area up there. Uh, uh, it, the ones that we're not used to the names of, though. So, did you taste anything that was new and unusual that stuck out to you? No, um, we went to two different vineyards and, and did two, you know, a tasting at each one. But um, we can't say, I don't think any of the, either of the, none of the four of us really thought, you know, a lot about it. I mean, it was, they were okay, but I don't even remember what we tried. Well, they had a variety, yeah, the different grapes, but I don't remember what they Nothing were. Nothing really jumped out at you, huh? No, no, no. Huh, well, that's, uh, that's one of the things we're saying in the uh, 
um, new, well, I say new, the, the hybrid grapes that they're coming out with make them cold weather hardy, and it's hard for people to become accustomed to them because they're so used to the the standard ones that they we've grown up with and that we've learned to like, and they come up with something new, and uh, it's hard to get a following on those, obviously, right. just like just like you. I mean, nothing struck you as being outstanding, so oh, that's what happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I was going to ask, too. Uh, you said you had tastings at two places. Did they charge you for the tastings? Oh, yes. Yeah. How much? Yes, they did. I think, actually, the one place, it was like $10 for a glass of wine. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, because we're you know, I've talked about this. Before, that's why I was asking. I talked about it before on the show about how tastings are starting to cost more and more. And I just wonder if they've reached that area. But Travis City area is is uh, a wine region, and so you're going to get a lot of tourists there. And so they can't just oh yes be pouring out free wine all day long. Yeah. You know. And, and their wines were forty, fifty dollars a bottle. Oh, were they? Wow. Yeah, I not, thought that not, was a little much. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not inexpensive at all. Wow. No, well, they have a real for... short growing season. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they have they a do. real short. Season. <laughs> and and, you know, and know. again, that's why they're coming out with the cold hardy grapes, the ones that will make it through the winter and start producing sooner so that gives them a a little bit longer season to produce and ripen and, and you know get the sugars in them and all that stuff um yeah interesting yes so know, ron one of the interesting um, tastings we had uh there's a tv show it's called oak island oh yeah where they're yeah, looking it's on discovery channel yes well those fellows are from Traverse City. Oh. So Marty Marty has a vineyard there. So oh, we I went to that. his vineyard and beautifully built with stone and just amazing. So that was interesting for us to huh. do. Yes. But he has the money to do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's got the money. <laughs> Which is which is what it takes, you know. It's just is you know that there's no saying in the wine business. He said, you you know how to uh, know how to make a small fortune in the wine business. You start with a large yeah. fortune. Very nice. I can imagine. I can imagine. But oh, yeah. see, you remember the vineyard, and you don't remember the wine. That's that's a. But, but they weren't that. They weren't exceptional at all. Mm. And there were four of us there, and all four of us like wine, but nobody just nobody found. We didn't buy anything, so I guess that tells you something. Yeah, really. I mean, if you really like a wine that jumps out at you, you'll spend the $40 for a bottle of it to enjoy it later. But, oh, yeah. You know. Yes. Oh. Oh. Well, that's an interesting observation on your part there that they weren't that 
that memorable. And, yeah. and Traverse City is known for cherries. And so a lot of their wines are sweet wine, mm-hmm. you know, sweeter wine. And we like the drier wines. Oh, ourselves. and then yet, yet, yet you're port fans. <laughs> Which, right. Some of those would be sweet. Yeah. You know. That's uh, dessert. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is, yeah. That's, you know, it's too bad I don't have a a strawberry port to share with you. Oh, oh that's... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so the uh, uh, the Traverse City, though it's the region around there, it would seem like. Is it? Well, I've talked to wineries up there too in that area there, and we've talked about the the cherry wines. In fact, uh, when I had the winery, I started to ask people to bring me uh, wine from different states. I was My goal was to get a bottle of wine from every state in the nation, which I did accomplish my goal, and it only took about, you know, 14 months to do it. It surprised me uh, how quickly I got, got wines from every state. But every time somebody, and since we are where we are in Florida, we get a lot of snowbirds from Michigan and Minnesota in that area there. And so I would have people bring me wine down from Michigan uh, rather often and almost every time it was a cherry wine. Yeah, because of <laughs> because of the region. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and some very good ones though, I have to say. There is some there was some very good you know, not not sweet cherry wines, but there were some very good drier style cherry wines that uh, I had from from there. And I didn't drink them all myself. Let me qualify this. I didn't drink them. I used to teach a class once a month, and during the class, I would brown bag one of the wines from a different state and just have the people in the class tell me about it and all that, and then I'd show them what it was. And so it was just a fun thing we did. But uh yeah, a lot of them from that area were cherry wines. They were, they were really, really interesting. So, uh, Mike, do you have any comments or anything uh, like to ask Mike or Felicia? Oh, oh. I should say expert. Well, no. Oh. Um, I was <laughs> just going to tell you, Ron, about a really cool thing that happened during COVID. We oh. we have a great little wine store in our town called Everyday Wines. And um, they decided to do online. I think they did it just monthly. Um, but anyway, they they would feature different wines. And if you wanted to, you know, you could go to their store and get the wine. And then they would, um, you would, it was a Zoom meeting, basically. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. they would you would log into it and, and they would do a tasting and, and then they would talk about it. Yeah. And, um, and so we participated every month religiously and it was so much fun and we would make food, you know, to go along with it, but you could do that some night for your show. That's a possibility. We we talked to quite yeah. a few people who do Zoom meetings and wine tastings and all that uh, remotely. Uh, but you know the sad sad thing is, if I can do it without having people see me, 
then I I can handle Please. that. But you know, I would have well, you to. Wouldn't even, you wouldn't even need to do Zoom. I mean, even just what you're doing now, just you know, we probably have uh, maybe forty participants every wow. month. Zoom, and then people would put in little comments, and but we were typing all of our comments. So with something like what you've got, you know, they could all be, you know, basically skin and disgust. As it was, it was only the the people you know who were um, hosting it from from our wine store, you know they were doing the comments and and um, and then they would read sometimes what what people had commented. But but it was fun, Ron. We did it with our son son-in-law and daughter, and at the end of our tasting, we would all, okay, did you like which wine? Did you like you know? And we pick one, two, three, or four and just to see how we compared them between each other. It was actually an enjoyable time. Uh, you know, that might be a, something to look at doing, like, you know, six months down the road and looking at, you know, people picking up a couple of wines and we just doing a tasting with everybody and just uh, uh, comparing yeah, yeah, them that exactly. way. That, that's that's something we'll, I, I may entertain more there and see, see about uh, my Mike, do you have any any questions for uh, Felicia and Mike, or comments or anything? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Um, I, I was uh, there was something that, that that I was thinking of earlier, and I, I forgot what it was. But uh, I do that all the time. Yeah. It'll come to me in a couple of weeks, and we'll have to have them yeah. on again. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, another another hour uh, just to because I I remembered what I was gonna I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Um, yeah, I, I do that a lot. Uh, mm, mm, no, did you? Oh, okay. How about this one? Uh, did you ever have an interest in starting your own wine production or or doing your own wine? I mean, you, you said you. I mean, it was only a semester long class, but uh, Felicia said uh, that she went and did the international study of wine and. You know, learned about it. Did you ever have an interest, maybe, in starting something? Mike, no, I, yeah, no, I just enjoy trying and and trying wine and learning about it. That's enough for me. That that in itself is a lot. (laughs) She'd rather spend her spare time playing golf. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's only so (laughs) much time. (laughs) <laughs> That's right, and you spend that playing golf. There you go. <laughs> All right. But Felicia really enjoy pairing wine with what – they're both great cooks, too. So <laughs> when they cook something, they get together and they make sure the right wine is with what they what the uh, meal is they're preparing. And that's Ooh. really enjoyable. Very enjoyable. And, and, nice. Wine and food, uh, wine by itself is fantastic, and a, f- a dish by itself is fantastic. But when you pair the two up, th- the difference in the flavors of both of them are just outstanding. And so it's it's great to pair the wine and food and come up with the taste that you're looking for on that. It it's, makes so much of a difference. And it does. I, I yes. want to suggest, too... Don't be afraid to try other things with it. Uh, you know, you, you you said you like dry wines, and you make yourself a dish, but don't be afraid to try a sparkling wine with one of your dishes or 
uh, even a, a dry port or different things like that. Uh, jump out there and try different things because you would be amazed at how much it really does enhance the food if you try stuff that you normally wouldn't think. I mean, it's what well, think outside mm-hmm. the box, if you will. Uh, so, yes, keep that yes, we do. We try to. Yes. Yeah, it makes makes a big difference. Well, any last comments from either either one of you? Well, we, Mike and Ron, we really appreciate you having us on. Oh, and well, thank we you. really enjoyed meeting you, Ron, too. Oh, it's yeah. Nice. It was, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for taking the time out to talk with us about your travels and your interest in wine mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, uh, I, maybe I will see you when you uh, when you heading out of this area here, when you uh, head north. We have to leave on the 22nd of this month. This coming oh, wow. Wednesday. But we're just moving to a different part of Florida. We're not actually going north until the end of April. Okay, where's, so where's your next stop? We are going to Fort DeSoto. Oh, okay. And just for a short time, and we're going to end up going over to Melbourne on the East Coast. That's where I went to college. So we're going to look up some of our uh, the old places we went to and um, and then heading north to the panhandle, basically. But. Oh. So you, you've got some time left here in Florida. Well, there are wineries in Florida to visit, so be sure to check are them out. Are there? Yeah, there's we quite will, a few, actually. There's, there's, there's like 32 of them. Yeah. Uh, some of them south of here, know? but there's some in the panhandle. There's some over on the east coast there. They're, they're all over the place. Uh, go to... Oh. Um, uh, well, let's see. Um, catch you know, Bunker, Bunker Bunker Hill. There's yeah. Uh, Whispering Oaks. Uh, that's north of you, though. That's uh, yeah, north of us. There yeah, is always um, Oxford. Um, I went to one in Vero Beach uh, a couple a year ago. That was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're in that going towards there, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll that's be over that way. Okay, hmm. I didn't honestly. Did not know that we will. Yeah. We will there's some up in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah go to. Um, well, if you if you stop by one of these uh, welcome center centers or something, there's a pamphlet of Florida wineries that you can get, oh. and uh, it tells you all the all the wineries of Florida and has a little map of them and all that. Uh, oh, gee, it's been so long since I've use some of these <laughs> sources that I can't remember. Well, well, we'll be able to find you. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably yeah, something just, I can find online. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. go to Florida Wineries. Uh, go online, go to Florida Wineries, and I'm sure it will have quite a bit of information for you there. Catch Wine, and that's another yeah. great source that I always use, catchwine.com. Uh, uh, it lists all the states in the nation, and it has lists of wineries in all the states, and, and of of all the states, and uh, it's a great source. Uh, it tells you where the wineries are, how far they are from another winery, and just different information, websites and stuff. So you might check that out too. Catchwine.com. Okay, got it. And then then look up uh, Florida wineries, and uh, you'll see quite a few on that. I think we're up two now, something like that in Florida. 
So uh, they're all wow. all over the yeah. state. And I'm so scrolling through them. Yeah, yeah there's neat. a lot of them out there. And most of them are sweet. Most of them are muscadine grapes, but uh, there's a few that use use other grapes, so and fruit wines yeah. and stuff like that. So, we but let me uh, check them out. Yeah, while you're here, check them out. Thank you both very much for taking your time to join us. If uh, uh, I let's see, today's Thursday. I work Saturday evening to close, so it'll be next time I work, and you'll be leaving. So. Uh, it was a great pleasure to meet you and be able to play golf with you and also to have you on the show and take care of yourself and maybe we'll see you next winter when you come back down. Yeah. Safe travel. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron Thank you Mike. Mike. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We got, yeah, there you go. Um, Very good. All right. Very cool. Um, Quite, quite some extensive traveling. That that was that was fun. That was fun to, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, people who. It, it's fun to talk to people, and, and this is something too for you listeners out there. If you've done traveling like this or something, give us a call because this is enjoyable. What what this is is we're, we're talking to people who just do this, and they're not trying to promote people. anything. Yeah, regular people. Right. They're not trying to promote something. Yeah. They're not trying to. Talk us into visiting them or going to a website or spending money with them. They're just telling us what it's like out there, and that's always right. very interesting. So if you fall in that category, you would qualify as a guest on All About Wine, also. So, Ooh. yeah, very cool. So contact the show. Uh, yep. Not to say not to say anything about those others who have been on and tried to get us to oh, no. you know come out and. It's it's great. All of, all of our guests have been fantastic, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it just you know, it's, it's nice to have different someone on there. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's a good point. Different yeah. perspective yeah. to the industry. Right. Yep. Well, so. uh, it is eight oh six, and uh, wow. Oh, what in the world time is? Okay, so about twenty seconds off. Better than seven minutes, like last last week. Um, <laughs> Unless you had anything, unless you had anything uh, extra to add. Uh, uh, no, I, just, I, I do have to comment, though, since I am from Kansas City. I do have to comment mm-hmm. on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Uh, yep. Yes, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention that uh, on the show. Yep. So uh, I got a lot of uh, hate comments because uh, my dis- dislike and disappreciation of the Eagles. Um, uh, I got some some pretty pretty good interesting uh, uh, foul uh, yeah. <laughs> response. I'm not an Eagles fan either. I am not. I am not either. But I'm I'm so far detached from them. It was yeah. Some one, I made one little comment that it kind of ooh um, interesting. But uh, yeah, was, I know. Uh, so, uh, but I'm glad that just, Kansas City won. I, I don't care who they were playing. I just I'm just glad they they won. Um, and you know, and, and it, it was it, it was, was a good really game. a good game. It, it was. was. It, they, yeah, they it, both it was fought. A good they both. Game. Uh, I, yeah. I wasn't yeah. real thrilled with the announcers. Uh, I, mm. uh, you know, I mean, yeah. a couple of 
unknowns. I had somebody point out to me that they, they probably announced in the Southern California, Arizona market. That's why they got that gig. Mm. But I yeah. would, I was sort of expecting bigger names. I mean, Fox yeah. has a lot of big name announcers and I yeah. hadn't heard of these guys. So, uh, but I wasn't yeah. real thrilled with the announcers, but you know, the rest blew some calls and they did good job and all that. It's, it's, you know, so then, yeah. And overall, though, it was a very, very good game. So, and yeah, yeah. exciting. So. Last, yeah, uh, it was. What was it? Four minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, last four, four minutes. Yeah. Were very Congratulations good. to them, and uh, we'll see what next yeah. year holds uh, for, for it. <laughs> for everybody. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just time to clean slate and start over again. New start season. Over again. Um, <laughs> oh, baseball! Spring training started this week. Well, that's right. Uh, yeah, so, you follow so, uh, quite a bit of that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I usually start announcing spring training coming up long before now, and it just sort of snuck up on me. So, but yeah, <laughs> yep. spring training started this hmm. week, and uh, oh. you know, it won't be they long before been. the boys of summer will be back on the on the field and yep. doing their thing. So that's right. Should be uh, interesting. All right. We'll uh, cut the show out. Uh, We'll be back in seven days next Thursday, the 23rd of February. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, catch us on the archives if you obviously missed the show live. Um, And uh, send us your feedback, comments, or if you want to be a guest, uh, please email allaboutwine101 at gmail.com. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll wait till you get a pencil. (sighs) Okay. Get a pencil or a pen. Something right. Grab a paper paper do i have the clock where's the clock no it's all done uh but anyway yeah all about wine 101 it's a limited show <laughs> let's wait the next the last 20 minutes we'll just sit here in silence waiting for you to get <laughs> the right way <laughs> <laughs> go get pens on face <laughs> yeah and then the last two minutes okay ready all right okay Make now down. <laughs> yes uh but uh contacted uh, that goes to ron uh ron will respond to you and uh get you set up and uh schedule you for a future show. We'd love to have you on yep. and uh, read some comments and uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, keep it nice, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll talk to you all, uh, talk to you all uh, next week. Have a great weekend. And is it, uh, is it, uh, what's the holiday? The President's Day? Monday? When is Monday? Yeah. There's that's something right. coming up. Yeah. Is it Monday? Monday's yeah. President's okay. Day. President's yeah. Day. Yeah. Oh, How about I, that? I, I just up on me too. Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so drink plenty of wine for President's Day. <laughs> That's right. I can't think of a better time to do it. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have a great. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next, next Thursday. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, it's like it's still playing the video on the stream. Wow. There it goes. All right. Now I can close. Wow, that was a long time. That was. Uh, Uh, Green room. Green green room. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.